0: Hey guys, this is Kristen. I just wanted to give a trigger warning before you start the episode. Um, We talk about sexual assault and um, I also get really like crying a lot. So (laughs) if you're a crier, um, just be warned before you start the episode.
1: hey welcome welcome back
0: back. to sisters unashamed
1: here we are we are still here believe it or not yes
0: it is my fault that (laughs) we skipped last week no i have been dealing with a lot of
1: stress you are not alone (laughs) we both needed the break and it feels like forever i mean it it's Gonna be February when you guys hear this. So Yeah. Oh my gosh. The That's last time crazy. we recorded was back in December because we had our friend Misty over and
0: Yeah. The last time we recorded, oh well. Yeah, it was Misty. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I don't think I was working at Sally. I mean, i do not work at Amazon anymore. So Yeah. That whole December was it feels weird because we just didn't do any that month basically yeah so
1: i'm kind of my
0: time is all fucked up y'all
1: <laughs> yeah it's strange and but, we're both tired <laughs> yes
0: um i'm working at sally beauty's now
1: mm-hmm. and
0: going to school and um oh i don't think i mentioned this on the podcast you have to remind me if i have because mm-hmm. when misty was here we kind of just jumped into right into the episode mm-hmm. um but the first part of our of my visa with my husband got approved. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I, yeah, I don't think I mentioned that, but I'm not I don't know. Um but I'm mentioning it again if we if I have.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: so we've been really working on the second part of the visa, which has been stressful. Yeah. And so um that on top of school and on top of work. It's been it's been a crazy January.
1: Government paperwork is the worst. And like you're right at tax season two on top oh, of gosh, it. I know.
0: So it's so nightmare.
1: <laughs> um,
0: OK, so by the way, if you can't if you don't remember, I'm Kristen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm
1: Melanie. And we probably need to like tell you in the middle of the episode, too, because our voices yeah, are so similar. They are. <laughs>
0: Um, sometimes when our mother calls, be like, "Is this Kristen or is this Melanie?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I was gonna start off with an affirmation card. Um, I think I have to read it before my phone dies. Um, <laughs> so the, today's is every day I grow by at least one percent. I am committed to making the person I am today an improvement of who I was yesterday.
1: All right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought
0: that was a pretty good one if you're needing a little boost of like making yourself uh-huh. a, a little bit more better than yesterday
1: <laughs> yeah that is that is self-care yeah just always working on yourself and trying to do things different or better or think about different ways to do or just give yourself a little bit more patience one day and that's could be different
0: yeah <laughs> i've always told people you know, uh, it's like you're not gonna solve your mental health or your personal issues or um even your financial issues all in one day yeah so really you gotta take life a day by day yeah kind of thing and you know if you didn't do better than you did yesterday that's okay too it's not um again it's only
1: a one percent <laughs> right, right.
0: You don't have to be perfect every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good affirmation.
0: Yeah. Um. So, um, I did. You want to get into like because you were on a podcast recently?
1: Yes, I was
0: called um, "Support for Survivors." Yeah,
1: I actually was drawing a blank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're recording pretty late right now, after a full day of work and schoolwork. Yes. So cleaning and, <laughs> and <yeah>. shoe shopping <laughs> so many things happened today so my brain is kind of fried right now but I do feel like this is important um, conversation for us to have Yeah, and I want to I've been wanting to record this ever since I w- went on support for survivors mm-hmm. and told my story of sexual abuse as a child and Um, I wanted, I've been wanting to share more about that from my perspective, but then also, you know, when things like that happen in a family, it has a major ripple effect. And I think that like Kristen and I both were majorly impacted by this thing that happened and in different ways. And we have totally different, um, perspectives on it, but also different ways that maybe we carried shame or just negative feelings in general yeah, around that story. So that's sort of what we'll be talking about today. So if you heard that episode, Support for Survivors, it's titled Melanie's Story, I think. Um, one of their most recent episodes. You can find them on pretty much anywhere you listen to yeah. podcasts.
0: And I suggest um, maybe listening to it before listening to this one. So, cause we probably won't go into all the details. Yeah. Just kind of talking about our, our own individual experiences mm-hmm. with it. And, um, but yeah, if you want more of the story, definitely go check out the, um, podcast support for survivors.
1: Yeah. And the, the woman who does the interviews, she's always interviewing people, sharing their stories, but then she also does episodes where she talks about resources and legal issues and all kinds of things. She's really an advocate for survivors. And so it was it was nice being able to talk to somebody with that amount of experience. Yeah. To be to interview me. And it felt safe knowing that, you know, she's experienced in how to talk about this difficult topic. And, yeah. and it wasn't gonna be <laughs> I didn't have to worry about any like stupid Triggering questions, yeah.
0: I was like, I did listen to it as well. Um, because I wasn't there. Um, this was Melanie's episode. Um, but I did listen to it, and I did want to say that she seemed very like professional and Mm -hmm. knew what to do and what to ask, yeah, and even had like answers to things, or like, um, she understood what your mind like what you were thinking at the time basically yeah Yeah. and with like she was very good at um following along with it and Mm -hmm. like in a way adding her own perspective to it as well
1: yeah so her name is Shaughnessy and she is a lawyer um that works representing um victims and so she is of course very well versed in in this matter the matter of sexual abuse sexual assault all of that so yeah it was a good experience for me I felt really proud of myself for doing it um I was a little nervous when it first came out and like just knowing that it's out there and if anybody wants to hear it they can um but since then I honestly kind of have moved forward and it's it hasn't weighed on me it's
0: that's what I was gonna ask you do you feel like now that you've kind of put it out there, mm-hmm. it feels like um, lift off of your shoulders a bit.
1: You know? Yeah, it feels like I'm not carrying a secret around anymore. Yeah. Like literally, there's something that I'm not carrying anymore. It,
0: honestly, it's like you took the shame out of it. You yeah. literally took the shame off of yourself. Not that you had to be anything to be ashamed of. Yeah, but it comes natural with mm-hmm. um, victims of sexual abuse. Yeah, for them to feel vic- like it was their fault or feel shame about it because we are taught to feel shame Mm -hmm. about so many things especially when it comes to sex and growing up especially in a religious background yeah and that being a main reason why you couldn't talk about it as a kid Mm -hmm. so there is that shame aspect but you being able to talk about it and feeling validated Mm -hmm. by people you don't even know I'm sure that helped a lot with taking that shame away
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And it's just very powerful to know I'm not, it's not like I'm hiding anything because why would I hide something? There's nothing, I have nothing to hide. I did nothing wrong. Exactly. And I never, it's only until recently as an adult in years of therapy that I've been able to be at a place where I can say that and actually feel it. And not just be like, okay, I know logically it was, I was a kid and, you know, it wasn't really me. And the adult was taking advantage. I could say those things logically, but deep down, I didn't really feel it. So it was still way too scary to speak up because I still carried so much guilt and shame and responsibility deep down.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's what I really liked about the episode is because she would, um, you know, you, you did talk about the cult background a bit Mm -hmm. and you kind of like did, she did kind of like a a question, like, like guide through kind of thing. Yeah. Like she would want to ask specific things. Yeah. And, um, one of the questions that, um, she asked you, I remember was like, why you didn't tell anyone mm-hmm. and then if you did tell anyone like your siblings yeah or anything and at one point you did yeah <laughs> there is that time that you did tell me yeah. about what happened to you and um uh you I think you might have said that like I didn't believe you or something like that or I like got upset but mm-hmm. her automatic response was was she younger than you <laughs> was yeah. your sibling younger than you yeah yeah and um, I was, yeah, <laughs> I am younger, um, and so it was just like I feel that's something I feel guilt for, yeah. But in a way, she kind of validated, like, or like I don't know, made me feel better, even though mm-hmm. I still feel guilt about it. I was a kid though, yeah, and I didn't quite understand, yeah, everything because I was so young, mm-hmm. like I. I don't, I had to have been in elementary school.
1: Yeah. I'm but, sorry. I didn't mean no, to cut you're you off. Fine.
0: I was just like, I don't know. That's something I've always felt guilt for because I felt like I wasn't there for you in that time you needed me as your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that she even <laughs> kind of knew that yeah. I was younger and just expected that. Yeah. In a way, it made me feel a little bit better, even though I still carry that guilt. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just a little, um, yeah, I guess, understanding from my perspective, I guess,
1: and some validation, yeah. probably. I think it's important too for us to say here because we haven't really specified, but yeah. I was sexually abused by our biological father. So Kristen and I share. A biological mother and father we have other half siblings and step siblings and adopted siblings yeah. but Kristen and I have always been really close because first of all we're only three years apart yeah um for a while it was just me her and our mom yeah um our parents mom and dad split divorced when we were pretty young I was like two yeah So for a long time it was just us and we've been through a lot of similar experiences together and although we've had different experience or different perspectives on those same experiences, I do feel like it has kind of bonded us because you're the only other person who knows what it was like to grow up with our mom and dad. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm the only other person who knows for you what it was like to grow up with our mom and dad.
0: And I think it is important that I mean, yes, we kind of grew up in the same uh, childhood, but there were definitely different impacts um, and different perspectives because I was so young, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, my parents got, our parents got divorced when I was two, so don't even remember them being together. Yeah. Whereas, like, you do have some memories of them being together. I literally have none. Yeah. (laughs) And it's honestly weird for me to see any pictures or anything of them together or them in videos yeah. or anything. Yeah. Because um, I didn't grow up with them. I didn't grow up with them loving each other or. Yeah. Um Yeah. They were not, they never talked to each other. We were always the messengers between them two. Yeah. I remember that. Um So in a way it was a little bit different and I was <laughs> a daddy's girl. And I think that blurred my my perception of our father
1: you weren't Um, okay yeah you were also just a child every child is like a daddy's child yeah or a mommy's child or whatever
0: yeah and I think it was mainly because it was an escape to like going to our dad's Mm -hmm. was an escape from our cult life so Course, you know, he was a fun parent, yeah, someone that did everything. We go to movie, like, go rent a movie, get pizza, go to Blockbuster, like, um, and that kind of stuff. So, of course, it was like, this is my
1: dad,
0: (laughs) you know, and I love my dad. And then when you came to me one night and told me, or one day, I even remember where we were when you told me we were at the split level house in the back on the stairs on the deck and you told me mm-hmm. and i don't remember do you i was gonna say Sorry. do you remember
1: what i said
0: i vaguely like yeah. um i'm not sure if you want to like get into it but um
1: you can if you of, want to
0: um just remember you um for some reason i have a memory of you not the whole story really but like of um where you're, where you, you were in dad's bed, mm-hmm. and like touched his um, he he like got you to touch him, touch his I don't know what you, his penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to be like considerate because it's yeah. your story and everything.
1: Um, you can say anything. I've already said it all, so that's what's nice. What's, like, yeah, you um, can say anything.
0: Just trying to be respectful, but um, mm-hmm. I Thank remember you. you telling me that, and then I remember my reaction not being very good. <laughs> like, what is
1: that? Because honestly, I don't, when I say that, like, I know I went back and changed it, like I went back and said I made it up to you, because yeah. I, I remember you were upset, yeah. but I don't like, I don't have any visual memories of, I don't even have really a visual memory of me telling you or an audio memory of me telling you I can't that's why I asked if you remember what I said because I didn't even know what I told you
0: it's definitely in bits and pieces of what I remember um but I do remember like when you told me that I was like started like crying Mm -hmm. and then being like no that's not true that didn't happen or Mm -hmm. something like that or I don't know I just remember being really really upset yeah and like crying and then you came back and like no it's not true yeah and then um, it wasn't until we were older, mm-hmm. um, I would think it was either in your
1: car or my car. One of us was driving. I do time. remember that. But let right. me add a little bit of context. So the first time right, I said right. anything to you, I probably was 12 or 13, maybe a little bit younger. hmm if we were, yeah, because it was around that time, probably right before Dad got arrested and went to prison, is when I told you, or maybe while so he I was, was
0: like ten or nine.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that was the first time. I'm pretty sure I told anybody. I think I did. Maybe around the same time, say something to our cousins. Oh yeah. Um. Wh- but which,
0: one, which ones? Like on Dad's side?
1: Yeah. Okay. Just. Are like
0: you don't have to name him. I just didn't know if you meant on dad's side or mom's side.
1: Yeah, on dad's side. Um, but I think I did a similar thing where I was like, "Just kidding, I made it up" or something, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so sorry. Go back to what you were saying. No,
0: you're you're good. I'm kind of all over the place. We're both. It's late. We're both trying to get through. Uh, get um thoughts organized. Yeah, yeah. Get, get our thoughts organized. But um, I don't. I remember confirming that was true because after you told me that, I just kind of ignored it, kind of ignored it, put it at the back of my head, mm-hmm. um, and then it was one night, I don't know if it was you driving or I, but we were in the car, mm-hmm. and we were just late, and I think we were, like, just riding around. Mm-hmm. And um, we like stopped in the neighbor- neighborhood we live in. Yeah, we were talking in the car, and I remember asking you if it was true. Yeah, if you had, if that had really happened, and if you lied about it, like lied about lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's when you finally opened up to me and told me the truth, and like you know, when we talked about it and stuff, mm-hmm. and um. I didn't know if you remembered that or not, but...
1: No, I do. I remember that night. I remember you asking me and me telling you. I don't remember your response.
0: I don't really remember my response
1: either. <laughs>
0: um, probably, I feel like I was, like, more mad at myself for not, like, asking sooner. And yeah. then... um. Um, I'm not. I don't remember honestly. I think I, we just kind of. I don't know. It's
1: like, what do you do from there? Yeah. Just... <laughs> it's
0: like, what did we do from there? And it's just like, okay. So I don't remember how old we were when we did that, but I learned on the recently that it was a continuous thing that yeah. happened a couple of times, and I had thought. That it was just that one time,
1: yeah. No, there it was an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember how old I was when it very first started. I don't know if I could even tell when it very first started because yeah. of how, like, the buildup mm-hmm. was.
0: Oh yeah, that's another thing they talk about in the in your thing, uh, the interview. interview. Yeah, sorry. They talk about the grooming stages. You kind of, you know, mm-hmm. it's like subtle things, you know, that's like not yet taboo. Yeah. And and then it just gets further.
1: Yeah. And kind of slowly. Yeah. I think this would be a good spot to take a break okay. for a second and then come back.
0: Yeah. We'll try to get our thoughts a little more organized.
1: <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, folks. We're
0: still here. Yeah. Um, Nelly didn't do a break song. <laughs>
1: that was my little tiny like, Oh quick... your
0: little little tune. Okay, sorry. Yeah,
1: it was my like it's little... it like a little quick um late night, too tired to fully sing. That's Welcome true. back. <laughs> and yeah. just like, gosh, this is a heavy topic. It really is. <laughs> um Yeah, (laughs) like my chest is heavy and there's a million things that we could talk about. It's hard to even put these emotions into words to begin with.
0: Very hard.
1: (laughs) Much less when we're kind of tired, but also there's just like so much information. First of all, Kristen and I haven't really spoken about this in depth Yeah, since... When I mean, I mentioned it to her as a kid, and then she asked me about it later when we were adults if it was true or not, and I told her yes. And I think we both just kind of, like, shut shut it down after that and yeah. didn't really ever bring it up again or talk about it again. Partially, probably because I wasn't ready for that, yeah. and I wasn't <laughs> open to, I wasn't sending signals of, like, hey, let's talk about this. Um, to anybody really that unless I felt like that I could really control the narrative. That was always important to me that I could control how they were going to respond. Like if I knew I could predict 100% how somebody was going to respond to me and what the outcome was going to be, then I might tell them.
0: Yeah, I didn't push because i for one, didn't want to push you mm-hmm. to talk to me about it. And two, it was just like, yeah, I believe you. I mm-hmm. did. I do. And mm-hmm. I, um, it was more of like me trying to accept it as well. Yeah. Too. Even though, like, I had been thinking about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: since you had told me the first time.
1: Yeah. And, um, on our break, we were just talking about, like, different ways that shame came up for us. And I was just thinking, you know, this is what we see happen with kids. They get traumatized by sexual abuse and a reaction to trauma, no matter the cause, if you're suffering from a horrible traffic accident or um, being exposed to violence in war, The same symptoms present for everybody and a major one is reliving and even sometimes reenacting those moments, especially for kids because they can't necessarily process what happened to them in words. They do a lot of acting things out where like with their toys or drawings or art, they're expressing themselves any way that they can and their body and their brain is literally trying to process what has happened. And the brain is hardwired to notice when there is a danger and to flag that and make sure like we are going to understand this and, and keep replaying it in our brain so we can try to keep it from happening again. Yeah. Um. So There's a lot of shame that comes from being a survivor as a kid of abuse and then exhibiting those symptoms of reenacting or replaying those behaviors for myself on other children, peers. You know, my my peers were like, I was repeating these actions that happened to me on my peers. And I didn't know what I was doing in my head. I wasn't thinking in a like, Oh, this is sex, or this is a sex sexual thing. It was almost like there was no thought process. And my bat, my body was totally acting just on autopilot. Almost like if you're having a dream and you're just acting out the dream as it's happening. So I carried a lot of shame about that. I did not talk about this in my interview on support for survivors because it's a very personal and close um, wound for me and shame that I carry. And I know a lot of survivors carry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm being quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, like, get the courage to say the shame that I dealt with with this stuff. Yeah. And I know it didn't happen to me, but I still have, like, a shame because, um, and I was told you this on the breaks, like, really hard for me to say this out loud because as a kid I just felt so much shame for it Yeah, (laughs) but I honestly was like at one point just kind of jealous yeah and I know that sounds so fucked up
1: it's not fucked up what's fucked up is what he did and the ripple that it caused is this.
0: It was like the, that day that you told me, it was like a, it was like a turning point for me. The, the first time you ever told me, because it's like I started noticing days. and um, like cuddling on, on the bed and um. I remember as a kid feeling jealous of, of that. Not that I wanted the the sex stuff because I didn't even understand that. Yeah, I I wanted the uh I guess connection, or I wanted him to want to to want to be near me. I guess. Yeah. And it's like I look back and I like those. Just feeling that guilt, or feeling that um jealous, mm-hmm. and it was just like that's so like, i was just like thinking like why? Like, I mean, what he did was bad, but I didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not like I don't know. There's just so much guilt with it, and then because I was so young, you're like. <sighs> Yes, didn't realize like, like you said that I, uh, you can be kind of traumatized through like stories of things happening to, yeah, loved ones. I don't know. I just it was just that that day. It was a really big turning point for me because. I started getting curious about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, what was he doing? I didn't understand. Yeah. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know yeah. what any of that was. And then, but I knew it wasn't like okay. I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. But then I was just curious, and then I too started. <sighs> I've never since. Seen- <laughs> said this out loud I've never had therapy for this stuff and I've never I don't know what to like I've never said it out loud but
1: you don't have to say anything right now that you don't feel safe to say Kristen
0: but I was so much shame for it yeah it's like I've held it against myself for so long and I'm just like for so long I told myself I didn't deserve to be happy and I was like this horrible person because of what I did and I felt like I was just like him <laughs> then
1: I, you were a kid though he was an adult and that's a big big difference and we but i didn't, I didn't
0: like if ever if like told anyone anything and I've never like I didn't understand I just I' still just like because I've never talked about it I've been so afraid that I'm like him but it's just, like I have so much regret and disgust for myself in that manner like
1: mm-hmm. let
0: I know I was a kid and I didn't understand but it was just like... I didn't want to be like him because I didn't want, I didn't want to, to, I don't want to be a person that traumatizes another person. Yeah. Like they, like he did with you. And I guess me too. But I just, I don't know, I've never said that out loud.
1: (laughs) These are the ripple effects though. And... It is true. You don't have to be the one that experienced the trauma directly to be traumatized by it. That is part of the diagnostic criteria for PTSD is that you can hear about or see um, something that happened to a loved one and be traumatized by it or somebody close to you. And I think that is what happened When I told you about dad, that was a trauma for you. And then there's so many other things at play here. All the shame we already carried beforehand without him doing this to us around sex. First of all, there is a normal amount of sexual exploration that happens for every child. And from very early on, and so many kids, all kids really, explore and experiment when it comes to their body parts, other people's body parts. And because of this strict, taboo, conservative Christian um, way of raising children a lot of kids have carried had to carry shame they couldn't go to an adult and ask questions they couldn't go to anybody there was no safe person to go and say hey i'm having these sensations in my body like what does this mean no you had to do it in secret you had to do it in hiding because the mention of it like you could you could pick up on the energy of an adult if you just barely tiptoe around the topic of sex and you know they're ashamed of you and kids pick up on that stuff and they have to because they're vulnerable they have to be able to read all of the warning signs around them very well and we both learned how to do that how to read the signs around us because we grew up in such a volatile environment we read all the signs we knew what way before anybody ever said yes or no we knew if it was going to be acceptable to the adults in our lives so when you're having these thoughts and these feelings there was not a chance in hell that you're going to approach any of the adults we knew and say what is this about
0: yeah I mean like we couldn't even did I didn't even know about my period, yeah? Like th- these things just were not talked about, about. <clears throat> excuse me. And it was just like, and then when, when you came to me and told me this stuff, it's like opened this door mm-hmm. to curiosity, and like, yeah, um, and then also you just like growing and hearing yeah. things and getting more curious, and um eventually going through puberty. And, yeah. And I just remember feeling so disgusted with myself. And then not even like about that stuff, just like I grew up in the age of like <laughs> talking to strangers on AOL. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting myself into trouble. I need to go blow my
1: nose.
0: <laughs> um, can we take a break for a second?
1: Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry.
1: Snot break. Yeah. Welcome back from the snot break.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, especially if you have a hard time hearing and understanding me. I think I'm good now. <laughs> um, also, if you hear barking, uh, the emotional support animals are in here with us tonight. So Yeah, we got the dogs
1: <laughs> in here with us. For, for their
0: love, yes, so, I, I was saying that I was from the AOL era. Oh, yeah, and talking to strangers online and
1: chat rooms, and chat rooms,
0: rooms, RP rooms. Yeah, um, everyone should know what um, ASL means if you're from that area, age, sex, location, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I remember, you know, this, this probably was more middle school. This is when I was really hitting puberty, mm-hmm. um, getting, like, you know, the hormones and yeah. um, curiosity. And I think I discovered porn in fifth grade. <laughs> um, um, uh, Ollie, sit down. But um, I remember, like, I would send nudes and things (laughs) to people, to strangers, and then immediately, like, afterwards regret it and feel shame about it and everything. Because, I don't know, I just felt like... And I had to keep it a secret. I couldn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I could have gotten myself into some yeah crazy situations. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my point was that just um, we really we really couldn't tell people. We couldn't talk to people about this stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the same in other families that didn't have a strong Christian background but I do feel like that affected our situation a lot.
1: Yeah it definitely did. I think also just parents not understanding what's normal behavior for children and that it's totally normal for kids to have curiosity and want to explore and experiment and all that and that they need they need to be able to learn from their parents, what are the boundaries? And if it's not safe to bring up this topic in the first place, there's never gonna be an opportunity for a parent to say, oh yeah, this is something that our body does, but here's what, here's how we manage these feelings mm-hmm. out, out in society. This is what's appropriate for interacting with other human beings and yeah. <laughs> being a human in even like we all have to learn that and we do eventually even as kids if there's not an adult telling us like eventually we learn what's appropriate and when it's appropriate to touch yourself or not and all that stuff but like the um the problem is that within the secrecy develops all of this shame and I'm a bad person because I'm having these uh, these feelings that are actually totally natural and then we we carry this with us into our adulthood all the way up to you know eventually believing that we don't even deserve love.
0: Yeah because was, of it. That was a big a big one for me, my shame because um, I just felt so disgusted by myself. Like I mean, even during the relationship with Logan, I thought this stuff like I deserve this relationship. Like, you know, like it's I'm not happy. This is what I deserve. And this is the best I'll get. Yeah. And I try not to cry again. Oh my (laughs) god. Um and It's like, I've never talked about this stuff. Never. Yeah. Never talked about it in counseling. I've wanted to, but there was just so much shame. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid of what could happen. I don't know. I just...
1: Yeah.
0: you're leaking too much. Um. But yeah, I... Uh, our... I don't know. A <laughs> train of
1: thought. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I think it's really brave that you're talking about this stuff right now, but I don't want to feel like you have to talk no, about any I, of this.
0: I don't. Know. I'm not. I mean, you're not making me do anything. I'm, I just, um, I don't know. I feel better. I mean, that shame's still there. It's not going to disappear overnight. Yeah. But being able to talk about it is, I guess, once like they say, you know, is the first step, I guess, to yeah. healing. Uh, I just want to thank you for making it feel like a place where I can share that yeah. and talk about it
1: and not be judged it's all we both ever needed as kids and we didn't we didn't get that so we have to learn how to give it to ourselves and there's like that little kid that's still deep down in there that is stuck at that place where they had this tremendous pain and shame that no adult ever stepped in and said, "Hey, this is not your fault. This is don't carry this around." there was no adult like kids can't do that for themselves they have to have some adult stepping in and saying don't carry this this is not your fault and we didn't have that so we have to do it we have to learn how to do it for ourselves it's like learning how to be a parent yeah but for your younger self
0: yeah and i feel like a lot of i I really relate to that you know just like I have never really thought about it like that until as an adult, like, people lately, at least on TikTok, I've seen too, people mentioning, like, take care of that younger you. They still exist, you know? Yeah. They didn't just go away as you got older. Yeah. That child still is there.
1: Yeah. They are, and they're... They're informing all the beliefs that we have about ourselves yeah. and how we're able to accept, I think, receive and give love.
0: Yeah. And I think a big thing is like with growing up in the cult, where we take the bone away. Yeah. Um the important thing i think to mention with the cult stuff is like we felt shame for so much stuff yeah because we were constantly told we're going to hell we've mentioned this before but i feel like it's important to bring up because if i could go to hell for painting my fingernails yeah then what like yeah. then, then, then i've done worse stuff than that
1: yeah
0: um then of course like there's like almost especially as a kid going through that environment it feels like there's no hope for you you're just yeah. like this horrible person yeah that just doesn't deserve anything in life because yeah. you can't do anything right And it's yeah. just like you've done way worse than According to other people, you've done way worse than painting your nails yeah. and um, wearing pants. Yeah, and and it's like if they knew about the stuff that right. you're hiding. really ashamed of and yeah. hiding, like that, you would never be accepted. And you yeah. know, like I dealt with that a lot, not being accepted. From the family. And like. Especially. Because everybody like. I mean I'm a kid. I noticed these things. Everyone loves Melanie. Everyone always wants to be around Melanie. And you know as a kid. I just felt like. That I didn't belong or anything. And I know I've mentioned this before. But. um, So. It just made it like harder. Even harder for me to talk about stuff even to like you Mm -hmm. or anyone and like no one can tell me that like oh they I mean yeah they probably don't like Melanie it's not like oh they like Melanie more than me but there is a way that you interact with people differently and I've had my grandparent tell me that they don't like people don't like being around me (laughs) So, growing up in that type of environment, I really felt alone and secluded. And, you know, and so much fucking shame that I would burn myself. Yeah. Like, so much shame. Like, every little thing I did, I would literally, like, I'm shocked I'm alive right now. Because I would literally burn myself just for being yelled at. Yeah, I have tried to kill myself before. It just just yeah. didn't work. I've never really uh, talked about that either. Not much. I mean, here and there. But I, I just think it's so important for people to... Nor- this is why my art, I have a lot of sexuality in my art. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be a normalization on sexuality yeah like it needs to be normalized especially when you're growing up in an environment where there's so much shame behind it right and that is one of my one of my favorite pieces that i've created and it's the religious one um where you know with the blood and the burnt bible pages yeah and um That's what I've always, like, all my art has to do with, like, all the things that we were not supposed to talk about, honestly.
1: Yeah. That's how you work through it. Yeah. Process it. Not
0: supposed to talk about mental health. You're not supposed to talk about your sexuality. And you're supposed to be this perfect figure for God. Yeah. And I kind of got off on a rant, but...
1: No, it's okay. It's just, I don't know, a million things running through my mind that it's hard for me to, like, choose what to even talk about or focus on. I just, I think that, like, choosing not to, like, continue to to hold shame close to you is the scariest thing that you can do. And putting your vulnerability out there because we're all hardwired for connection and acceptance. Like it, our survival depends on it. So naturally we're terrified of the possibility that we might not be accepted. And you felt that from the people who were supposed to be the most accepting, who were supposed to, to have that unconditional love and acceptance from, for you, you felt that from your family. Yeah. So, how on earth are you supposed to be able to find acceptance anywhere if that's the starting place? And that's like, we both really, really had that. And anybody, I feel like, who grows up in strict religious culture gets that message of yeah you're not unconditionally accepted there you have to earn there is no way for and there's basically no way for you to earn acceptance but you sure as hell better be trying like and if you're you know and just try and try and try and if if, you know die yeah does it 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 means you dying
0: it's funny that you mentioned the unconditional love thing Mm -hmm. because I have this ongoing thing with Nana
1: that um, every time
0: I do something, she just thinks is crazy or um, doesn't understand. She'll be like, Kristen, what am I going to do with you? And then I would like, love me unconditionally. (laughs) And then she laughs. Yeah. So it's like.
1: (laughs) They really. It's sad because. The way that they were raised, the way that they grew up, they really didn't learn how to give people unconditional love. They don't even... They can't even give that to themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: But we're starting... And we've talked about this before. Our generation and even generations before us, but especially like all these younger generations, we're breaking that cycle. And we are... Because I think religion, like strict religion has caused all of these problems around shame for so long, for generations and generations, that like we are finally coming into an age where we have so much information and accessibility to different cultures and knowledge and exposure Mm -hmm. that we can actually think, maybe there's something different. Maybe I don't have to... Look at the world in this one particular way. Maybe there's like a different approach. And like, so we're all and we're pushing back and breaking this cycle of no, you, because you're here, you have dignity and value and worth. It's not that you were born a sinner and now you need to spend your life trying to prove to God that you're worthy. No, it's the opposite. You are already valued because you exist and you bring value into the world because you're here and that I love you. People love you because you're in their life and you're not expected to be perfect and to have everything together yeah. and you're going to make mistakes. You're even going to hurt me. You're going to do things that will hurt me. Yeah. And I will still love you because I, I understand what it means to be human. And our relationships are not meant... Doesn't mean, like, we're never going to have problems. We're never going to hurt each other's feelings. It means when those things do happen, because of our relationship, we'll be able to move forward. Yeah. And we'll be able to...
0: Accept each other. Accept each other.
1: And
0: just be... because. I mean, we've always me and you have always been really close. And if I was going to tell anyone this stuff, it was always going to be you. Um, I even tried one night. I don't even know if you remember this, but um, when I was when Jason had that house, um, I was over there hanging mm-hmm. out with you, mm-hmm. and we were like, it was really late. I was mm-hmm. laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. We were sitting on, I think, the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we probably were just hanging out um and we got to talking like we do (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I almost like told you right like this truth this shame I had and I tried so hard to tell you but I just couldn't do it yeah I was not ready to do it yeah um I don't, tonight, I guess, I don't know, you, I, we've just come so far. Yeah. And I think the podcast has helped us a yeah. lot with um, talking about the things we feel ashamed about,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I think that has helped a lot, so mm-hmm. thanks everyone that listens. Yeah. Um, I don't, <clears throat> Blue, just know that, uh um, <laughs> If wow. if you do have any negative comments, probably keep them to yourself wow. because yeah. I am just human, and um, and this was very really hard for me to do. Yeah, and I know this was. I don't now. I'm just such an overthinker because now I feel yeah. like a. A shame because I'm just like I just took over this and this was supposed to be about you and your trauma and it just and then I start talking about myself. <laughs>
1: You're right. That's shame talking. <laughs> yeah. And we're changing that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But that voice is still there and it's there for a reason. It was hurt. It need it you know, it's going to speak up and and wants to feel heard and yeah. listened to. And that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's still, like, so hard for me to, like, think about, talk about. it. Um, so this is another crying episode with Kristen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, my, like... Talking about my story, I always go into a sort of what's the word I want to use? Almost solemn or like a protected state for myself. Almost like I'm telling a story or like I'm retelling a movie that I saw or something like that. And there's not a lot of emotion and i notice that in my voice too like even when i listen to the podcast that the interview that i did with support for survivors my voice is almost just muted and like it just it's i can tell in my own voice that i'm doing that i'm putting on that protective yeah. layer where i'm not going to fully connect with all the emotions that are there and that's the space that i'm in right now too. Yeah. And it's just, it's something that I do naturally as a protective thing. And I think that it it causes me to feel disconnection from other people yeah. and from um, like in my day-to-day life, I do this too. <laughs> like when I start to feel too stressed, my brain just kind of is like, Whoop. everybody, yeah. we're shutting down. <laughs> and it's like, I'm here, but I'm not really. Yeah. It's like, my brain is split in half, and you're getting half of it, (laughs) but not, it's like, I'm almost like a puppet, like, pulling the strings.
0: So, it's like, you block off your emotions Mm -hmm. um, when you, when, I guess, emotions are... Supposed to happen, I don't know, but I let mine flood out. <laughs> like I, yeah, cry when I'm stressed, to cry when I'm mad, and cry mm-hmm. when I'm happy, and cry when I'm sad. Yeah, I am as I've always been told my whole life. I am a very sensitive person, but I'm, I'm not sensitive, and I'm just in tune with my emotions. Is what I say. You
1: express your emotions. You let yeah. them flow, and. And not to say
0: that yours is bad or mine is good or anything. It's just how we express differently.
1: It's two different ways that people deal with their emotions. And I think that unfortunately for you, that's a reason people were like, it's not not, like people don't like to be around you or whatever, because you felt your emotions and the culture we grew up in that's not okay. You don't express emotions. You stay very buttoned up and the only emotion that's acceptable is happiness. Anything else, anger can come out because anger is so hard to control for most people that it's almost like, okay, we'll sort of look the other way if you're going to be angry and that's uncomfortable for us, but we're not going to say anything about it, you know? We'll just wait for the storm to pass and then move on like nothing ever happened. But all the other emotions, sadness, depression, anxiety, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. that makes me uncomfortable. Put that away. Why are you bringing this into my space? I don't want to hear. No, no, no. Only happy. Are you being happy? What are you? Are you achieving things? Oh, look, Melanie's over there happy and achieving things. She's fun to be around.
0: Oh, Chris is feeling sorry for herself again. Yeah. (laughs) I got that a lot.
1: I was performing. I was the chameleon like, like we've talked about. That was my survival mechanism. I was never fully and I still struggle with this. And it's it's frustrating that I, because it impacts my relationships and my ability to make and have relationships that I can't be connected fully with my emotions. I have to put on a show for people to give them what I think that they're expecting of me. And that's how I was as a kid, because that was how I survived. And that comes up for me still as an adult.
0: And i um, think mine and, and yeah i mean like that's why i'm so i guess expressive as an adult mm-hmm. because we were told you know to bite up and don't show anything and then yeah. i'm too sensitive and stop feeling sorry for yourself and now as an adult I'm like fuck everyone yeah. <laughs> leave me alone um bright, colorful hair. I'll do the fuck I want. (laughs) Mentality. Just because I mean, it's hard as a kid. And it was like, I've always been close to you, but even then, there was a point in time where we kind of drifted apart. Yeah. It's like, our little acceptance, little, I don't know, line, because there's only two of us, so it's not Mm -hmm. a circle. (laughs) (laughs) Um kind (laughs) of broke you know yeah you know we did drift apart a little bit um but then we you know came back together (laughs) we're stronger than ever
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely (sighs) (laughs)
0: this was a doozy yeah i think last week i uh push off the podcast because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I was already dealing with a lot that week, too, and I knew I was not going to be able to handle this. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have been able to open up like I did this time. So I'm glad we did move it to this week.
1: Me, too. And, you know, there's just so much misinformation out there, too, around sex sex and sexual abuse but what's normal for kids around sex and i think that really contributes to the shame for anybody that's a survivor of childhood sexual abuse you know there's so many crazy different dynamics at play too like it's your parent when it's your parent like you love your parent Yeah, you want attention from them. And you're already confused because you grew up in this super strict button down culture. And it's like, what can I do to get some goddamn acceptance around here? And then I was, it's like, Oh, okay, well, I guess this is, this is something like this. And then there, you know, there are points where it feels bad, and then you feel disgusted. And now you're super confused because this thing that disgusts you also makes you feel good at the same time. And so how, as a kid, on like how on earth are you supposed to navigate that and make sense of that? You really can't. And then there's no adult helping you to make sense of it.
0: Yeah. And I think you said it on one episode, you said it best is that I don't think parents really have unconditional love, but it's the kids that have mm-hmm. unconditional love for their parents. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many times they hurt you or um, just don't follow through. You're still, you still want that connection. You still want mm-hmm. them to be your parent. Yeah. And I think that is definitely unconditional love.
1: Parents like, um, you know, have all of these conditions and expectations yeah. in their mind about who this human being is going to be that they're bringing into yeah. the world. They have an idea. They have some they have no control, picture right. so, of what's going to yeah. happen And there are in their mind, maybe like conditions or things that like they're expecting and hoping for yeah. that may not be lived up to a child just comes into the world and, looks at a bank a blank slate and says this is my parent like there is no expectation they don't know they don't even know what's right or wrong and how a parent is going to raise them they just have to accept whatever they get and they love it because it's their parent yeah
0: that's who they got (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we're not trying to mold them they're already molded (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly we um do we need to take a break or we need to end the pod because we're running out of time
1: (sighs) we are running out of time i say we just end it here what do you think
0: i think it's good um hopefully i mean the next one should be a little lighter you know yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: um maybe we'll have a guest on and lighten the mood
1: (laughs) i think we need to yeah there's so much we wanted to say tonight. I know we probably didn't say all of it. Yeah. But I think we discussed what needed to be discussed.
0: Yeah. And if anyone has anything they want to share, mm-hmm. um, let us know. And We can read your story. We can do it anonymously. Whatever yeah. you want.
1: If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We're yeah. at Sisters Unashamed on all the social media platforms. Yeah. SistersUnashamed at gmail.com.
0: Woo. And see you next time. So
1: the slama bitches. Stay unashamed.